to Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman, and I am your host. Every week, we bring you epi- uh, bring you interviews of makers and artists who identify as female, non-binary, or transgender. This week's guest is Ashley of Shallow Creek Woodworks. <clears throat> and... Uh, I've been following Ashley for a while, so it was really great to get to sit down with her and finally learn more about her story. So Ashley is the furniture maker behind Shallow Creek Woodcraft based in Southern Pennsylvania. Ashley is a wife and mom of four, balancing a passionate pursuit of the craft with family time. A self-professed woodworking book nerd, lover of laughter, and deep appreciator of her maker and woodworking artist peers. She is currently enrolled in the Northwest Woodworking Studio Online Mastery Program and takes private commissions. So again, it was really great to get to chat with Ashley and learn more about how she got into woodworking and um, where she is taking that now. Um, Now, before I get into the conversation with Ashley, I wanted to let you all know about a decision I recently made, which is to give myself a uh, extended break. What does that mean? That means for from now till the rest of the year, so through November and December, uh, there will be no brand new episodes. Don't worry, podcast is not going anywhere. Um, I just need a break to finish out this first semester of grad school and uh, really focus on those efforts as well as um, give my mind a chance to rest and come back with um, episodes with the same passion that I always love to bring. And um, yeah, I, I just need to kind of reset myself. So we, we, I will be taking a break um, until January um, when I will be back with brand new episodes. And in the meantime, I still want to mention that if you would like to be a guest host like Bonnie was, uh, Tool Mom Bonnie, um, or maybe you have an interest in even uh, participating and doing interviews on a monthly basis and maybe would want to try to do like one episode a month. Uh, The form to complete to apply for that is up on Instagram and you can find it on my personal one at Freeman Furnishings. So you can go ahead and fill that out and um, then I will get in contact with you. All right, well let's head on into my conversation with Ashley. All right. Well, um, Ashley, I like to start by asking my guests to introduce themselves. Would you do that for me? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I'm Ashley Piper. I'm the person behind Shallow Creek Woodcraft. Okay. Um, and how long has Shallow Creek Woodcraft been a been a thing? Really, just a little while. It feels like a couple years now. Um, I've kind of been doing my own thing for a little while but then I kind of slowly decided maybe I should like give myself a little bit of a name and start growing from there so probably two maybe three-ish years time gets away from me (laughs) okay yeah well you're also talking like pandemic years and each one of those feels like 10 so it's a little like (laughs) yeah it doesn't help (laughs) it doesn't help no um Okay, well, I want to kind of step back and get to know, like, the bigger story of you. So, like, where'd you grow up and, you know, what kind of things were you interested in as a kid? Well, I'm originally from uh, New York, about an hour uh, north of New York City. Um, 
most familiar thing that maybe um, for others would be Dia Art Museum, that where that's located. Um, it wasn't there when I was growing up. It was an old Nabisco factory, but I literally grew up um, within a walking distance of there. Um, so New Yorker by birth, and I stayed there until I was 18, and then then moved and have lived a bunch of other places since. But I was a typical punk rock kid. I like to skate and <laughs> skateboard and go to music venues and uh, hang out with my friends. And I was also an athlete. So I was a runner and softball player. And so I feel like a pretty regular 90s kid growing up. <laughs> okay. And uh, post high school, did you go to college or I started, um, yeah, I started with college. Um, I moved down to Florida after I turned 18 and thought, well, I'll just, you know, work somewhere and I'll go to school and very naive, really, in <laughs> the grand scheme of things. Um, but that's, uh, I just started off going to community college because I really wasn't sure what direction I wanted to go in. Um, I thought I knew, but I, I didn't really want to fully commit to anything. And so that's why I thought, Oh, if I work for a while and I start going and take like my prerequisite classes that maybe it'll all kind of make a little bit more sense for me. Um, but my my mom was sick at the time. So well, shortly after I moved, we found out my mom was sick. So I didn't end up finishing school. Um, I decided to stop going to school so I could go home to help take care of my mom back in New York as often as I could. And um, that kind of changed the trajectory of like formal education for me. Okay, well, I'm sorry about your mom uh, getting sick. Like that's um, that's a way to grow up real quick, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it definitely uh, makes you a more worldly person. So my my mom had ALS, so it was terminal, and really that that time I wouldn't give back. Um, traveling and not going back to school was a worthwhile choice for me. And I think, although at the time I didn't realize it, that I think I needed that pause anyway because continuing to go through school because I thought it was the right thing to do really wasn't the answer for me as a person in, in general because I wasn't studying what I really wanted to be doing and I wish I had gone to trade school. <laughs> so did you did you get all the way through school then or? Um... No, um, I was in I was in like my second year and I also had a interaction with a professor that made me not really want to go back so it was it was a twofold thing that just made me try to give pause to everything and I intended to go back to school I thought well I'll go back and I'll finish and I'll pursue something different and I just my life kind of took a different direction from there okay um and so where have you landed now uh, I'm in Pennsylvania, southern Pennsylvania, like uh, pretty close to Maryland, kind of centrally located, not not too far from Gettysburg, and uh, I love it here. We've been here uh, about seven years now, so it's nice. I, I, I like it. Okay, and how'd you get into woodworking? Like, where'd that journey start? Uh, I feel like it was a pretty, like, organic progression for me, because I, I've always been drawn to art or doing things myself and my dad was a, a man that just kind of figured things out and and figured them out well and kind of always built so I was privy to it but um, never fully took it on as like my own thing to be able to do and so I would get little projects here and there but not really label it as what I was doing and then um, more so when my children were born when my first was born and we were on a budget and I wanted to Put things in our house and we couldn't afford some of the nicer things that I wanted to get but I knew that there was things out there that still had value and so I just started looking for pieces with character and things that I thought I could fix um change whatever and it started grew from that okay um so like where did you start with that um to kind of teach yourself? 
I started reading. I did a lot of reading. Um, I really fell headfirst into being a full-on woodworking book nerd. <laughs> um, <laughs> I started noticing things in like a dresser that I picked up. Like, why, why is this built like this? I started noticing differences from things that seemed poorly built to better built and like where the, the differences were in, in those pieces. And so I just started like questioning them and then finding books and kind of started out with all those really generic wide scoped woodworking books where it's like every subject on woodworking and you flip a page and you're like this one's about routers and this one might be about a hand plane and so it just like bred more questions to ask and things to figure out and made me very interested in oh I think I could probably figure this out myself I think I could build that and yeah kind of grew <laughs> okay did you do did you start out with like, like construction lumber type stuff or did you start right away in like hardwoods and stuff? No, I, I think I was kind of too nervous for that at first because um, lumber yard and hardwoods and it was all rather intimidating to start with. And it felt like a whole nother world of information and things that um, was a little intimidating to begin with. Um, nobody likes to show up somewhere and feel like I have no idea what even question to ask you know so also you know being being a woman's like how well received are my questions like what's the response I'm going to get to that and so no I just started with like you know home store cheaper lumber for things like fixing a drawer box or simple mm -hmm. stuff like that okay did at what point did it kind of kick off into like something you could do as a as a business um I guess shortly I guess pandemic kind of influenced that too um really looking at the timing um it was my during that timing my youngest um child was getting older and was going to start in school and everyone's like what do you want to do with yourself now like all of a sudden I have to be thrown in the mix and reinvent myself <laughs> and I'm like I don't even know because <laughs> I worked in the automotive industry before children and it's also been a really long time and I just couldn't see myself going back into that and having the time or flexibility with that scheduling to be present for my kids so I, I felt a little lost for a little bit and so I thought well this is what I'm really passionate about like maybe maybe I can make this work at least I'll know I tried if I do that mm -hmm. yeah how have you found like What's been your path, I guess, to find work with that? Um, it's friends, friends and family. I feel like most people kind of start as, um, you know, just your friends believing in you and giving you a shot at things. Um, prior to really making my own stuff, I the furniture that I'd also find and fix, I kind of resold some of that for a while, but it was really non-committal and inconsistent in comparison to what I'm trying to do now, but mostly friends. Yeah, my friends have um, really been very gracious <laughs> and patient and um, supportive, so they, they've been awesome. Awesome. How has, like, just you know, I guess personally, emotionally, like transition been from like being focused on a mom to transitioning, like you said, to like, you re always remain a mom, but <laughs> like finding, you know, yourself again. Uh, it's been a journey. Um, I feel like this has grown me in ways that I wasn't expecting. And I think that's part of why I feel so passionate about the craft is because I feel like I did find where I'm supposed to be. And um, it's taught me a lot with balancing work and family and like also boundaries, like as a stay at home mom, it's hard to create those and make that space for yourself because you're such a constant with your children. And so them respecting me as an individual, like in my space or having my time, like even just small moments of pause, it's, it's really been empowering. It's been, been nice. It's been a refreshing experience to have. And um, it's still evolving at times, but in general, that's happened a lot over the last year. And it's, it's been awesome. It's been, it's been really good. Good. I know like I can, you know, speak just personally to it of like, that's like, I started woodworking before, like seriously woodworking before 
children but then I took like a big pause when like kids were like really little like baby and toddler um but that's really what kicked off like getting more serious about it again was just to find a way of like I need to be somebody outside of like just a parent yeah <laughs> and just I, a spouse like <laughs> yeah that resonates with me a hundred percent um I think that's where I was like devaluing some of my experience that I was growing because I'm like oh this is just my hobby or this is just my like me time because like everyone has to label it that way but I think as a person I needed that value and that creative outlet and um, so I think that's why like labeling it as shallow creek woodcraft helped cement that as like a boundary for other people to respect that create creative time and that I can do something with it so it, it's been it's been an evolution of figuring that out, but it's been nice to like, feel like it's helped me like be my own person. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Do you think as your business grows, like, does it ever feel a strain, I guess, to create those boundaries between like, like, yeah, your creative business and, you know, home and family life? Absolutely. I, I feel like um, that's a definite yes, because there's times where I have so much drive that I want to be doing this or I feel like slow. I'm like, oh, I, I didn't get this done or, you know, someone was homesick. So it takes away one day of time. So um, that strain is always kind of there because I worry that like, okay, what about the unknown of time if somebody needs something else since that's at the forefront, uh, you know, of my life? How do I create that balance or offset that and I kind of come to terms with thinking like I don't need to apologize about it you know I don't I can just start to like build in extra time for when I build something to give myself more of a buffer um, on that end of things but you know with the kids that way I can put family life ahead of it but it definitely gets tricky <laughs> at times like yeah um I think too that that changes right like I guess that's why I was kind of asking the question. Obviously, you can't tell what's coming up in the future, but like, especially as the business grows and becomes not that it's not serious now, but when I don't know, like, I feel like I connected when you said like, you have that drive. That's definitely me too. Like, sometimes I'm like, this is going to sound really bad. I don't want to go in and be a mom right now. I want to keep working on this thing. Like, yeah. that's where my head is at you know yeah. um. <laughs> I, I get that I, I do it's it's true it, it's yeah I think you have to like switch mental gears at times and and that's a tough transition in the moment and depending on you know a deadline or how much pressure you have so um I try to like give myself grace with it and just say okay you'll you'll adapt you know if something else comes up and you're not always going to get it right every time but if you keep trying and learning from it that maybe that that balance will start to equalize as there's more growth. Um, yeah, it's a little intimidating to think of in some ways too. Like, okay, what would I be, what has to give to, to make that work? But I guess, I guess maybe I'll cross that bridge as I get to it. <laughs> yeah. Do you like, how do you feel your kids have adapted with it? Uh, amazing. Um, at first they were a little impatient at times, like, oh, you know, they weren't like really taking me very seriously, you know, but I think the more that I've grown myself and they see my investment in it and they're, they keep telling me, oh, mom, that's so cool. And my daughter's like, oh, can I get a cool woodworking shirt like you have? And it's just like little tiny things that are like uh, pats on the back, I guess, or, oh, mom, you could make that somewhere. And it's just kind of little, little bits and pieces that, um, are reaffirming and really nice and um they'll even come down outside the shop sometimes and they'll be like are, are you are you are you busy right now and just that is <laughs> such a good a good progression to have instead of like mom ugh, you know not <laughs> dragging can, them can you tell me your now. secret of how you've made that work because i'm still struggling <laughs> maybe i'm really scary i don't know <laughs> Yeah, I'm, well, I guess to be fair, I feel like they, they've gotten to a point where they're respectful, and, you know, okay, I'm in the shop, and if you want, need something, want something, you can still come get me, just understand, like, 
I may not be able to come immediately. Like you might have to wait a few minutes for me to finish whatever before I can come get you a snack. Or yes. <laughs> whatever that is. Um, but, you know, definitely like in our house, we we're going through more transition with me going to school because then like I appreciate it. I think kind of what you're saying too of like the woodworking business side of stuff like still allowed for flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like school really doesn't like there's like a hard, you know, like I have to be at this place. So there's definitely been more of a transition uh period that we're still working through of like, oh, mom's not as readily available as she was. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So they definitely have to learn to recognize that and realize like what it means, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now I know that you I think it was this summer, right? That you went and you helped Shar teach at Penland. Yes. Yep. Yes. Was that the first time you've taught? Yes, it, it was. Um, it was a more fulfilling experience than I had even expected. <laughs> so it was um, really a fantastic opportunity to have. Is that, did that spark something in you that you think you might want to explore more of the teaching aspect? I, w- I would love that. Um, I felt like it was a two-sided experience um, in the way of, for myself, I realized, oh, okay, you do know more of these things than you thought. And it was um, nice confidence to, to grow. And then on the other side, it's just so rewarding to see somebody working through things and figuring stuff out and growing from the little bit that you give them and, and seeing where they flourish from there. So it, it was really rewarding experience to be part of. So I would, I would love to be able to do that again. Mm-hmm. How was it just even getting the opportunity to, I guess, like, co-teach, co-work with, you know, somebody else who's, like, has the same skill set as you um, and just oh. working on them? Because I would imagine you work by yourself predominantly, so. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know? yeah. It- yeah, I know that that it was definitely a different dynamic. Um, just being in a totally different shop, being in a shop where people are looking for you to have answers, you working on your own things too, and also learning, you know, because the other person, no matter how comparable your work experience might be, um, everybody has had their own path getting there. So there's lots and lots of value in working next to somebody. Um, So there was so much to gather from that and so much to learn. And um, it took me a while to process everything after that week, I think. I was like, wow, you know, I come back home and it's so quiet. And you're like, all right, this is like a totally different environment, but so much you take back with you. You're like, oh, I remember that from doing this from Penland or, oh, you know, Char taught me this or someone asked me this question and it made me think of approaching it in a different way. So yeah, it's, I mean, really valuable to do. I would highly recommend it. Yeah, no matter what, working amongst peers is definitely um, really nice. Rounds you out, I think. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, I recently taught, it was like a three three Saturday woodworking class here locally, and um, I had like an, an assistant who was helping teach, and you know, I just really enjoy like even beyond just like teaching other people like the skills like I think it was the first time I've ever taught with somebody and with somebody who like you said got to like their level of skills in a totally different way Mm -hmm. than I got to my level of skills and so it just it was like really fun to like be Mm -hmm. able to work off each other and like troubleshoot with somebody you know, where like she could come up with a different way of doing something than like I would have done it. And I was like, oh, I never would have thought about like, it was just like, there was a level of excitement to that. And I think like that spread to the people in the class too, like watching us get excited about like working with each other. I I completely, (laughs) I completely agree with that. I think that it just offers so much to be able to like look back and sometimes when it would take you longer to think through something, or if you're second guessing yourself and the other person just checks and balances that. And yeah, it was a really enjoyable experience for sure. Yeah. 
it definitely like I know it got me to thinking about which is something I've kind of it is a dream and a goal of mine to get to like a studio furniture practice where I have other people in the studio with me like working with me um like that is where I want to take it um did it make you think at all about the possibility of working with somebody in your own space not so much I guess because in some ways like as um extroverted as I can be in a moment and friendly I'm also very like quiet like introspective person so I, I like that that space on my own but it would be nice to be able to balance it um to be able to come out of my space is probably the best thing for me to do every now and then but um I I'm really fortunate to have my own space to be able to work in and, and access to things where um I don't have to have to find that space to be in, but I do, I do like working with other people and it would be nice to like pepper it in, but I, like every day, I don't know. I don't know what that would really look like, you know, to be able to answer that with confidence. Yeah. I don't know if, do you have like a co-working like makerspace or anything that you. Uh, uh, I just started looking at what else is around. Um, there's the Susquehanna Woodworkers Guild and they have some meetings, but I don't, I don't really know where there's really shared space. There was nothing that I could really find like when I had briefly looked in the past. Um, some things have changed and grown since I've had my own space, but I don't, I don't know if there's anything really very close. I mean, nothing more than probably a 45 minute drive or hour drive, I'm assuming, which would probably be too much for me with mm -hmm. the amount of time that I have available. Yeah, I would say like that's definitely something, you know, like following along with with the Char and seeing her being a part of like the Makerspaces board and everything like that. Like, I feel like she definitely has that community and like there's a Makerspace here that I, you know, off and on uh, participate in, but it's still not like that sense of like community. Yeah. I agree. Um, which would be nice, I think. Yeah, I think that would be the big pull for me too. I like that that interaction and, and being able to, to work with someone on certain projects and things like every day, probably not like my jam, but right. like having having that accessible and available to people and people who would like to do that more often where I could like plug myself in and like help build it up. I would love that. Yeah, that mm -hmm. would be a yes for me. But being the person who's there like every single day, probably not my thing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, totally. You know, totally get that. Um, where do you, I guess, do you think that the maker community like online on Instagram plays kind of a similar role um, as that yeah I do sorry to cut you off <laughs> yeah oh, no I, you're good I, I do um I think that it opened up a lot for me um once I started my page I, I really didn't think that I would have more than like maybe like three of my friends possibly maybe that's overestimating be interested in um you know my furniture stuff because like most of the people that I interact with around in like my day-to-day -day life it's kind of beyond their realm of interest so I thought though I'll just start this and it's like an outlet for me you know and to track my own progress it's kind of my attitude when I first started and then it was like all these really interesting welcoming friendly people and I started finding so many other woodworkers I'm like that I could relate to. And it was really awesome. It was nice to see so much diversity and so many different people, of ages, races, genders, like just being out there doing the same kind of things. And I think that sense of community really comes to me from that. And, and I enjoy it. Did it surprise you at all as far as like the breadth and depth of the people who kind of are in the maker community? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would say yes, because um, that was never like societally, like how I felt like I was treated with my interests, I guess. So it was really nice <laughs> to find um, for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally, <laughs> I totally agree with that. I think I feel like at least locally, it's still like predominantly uh, like 
old white dudes who do woodworking so mm-hmm. um yeah I think that's hands down my favorite thing about social media is just getting to like find like everybody else that's not an old white dude but still the occasional old white dude like sprinkled in there (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah evened out a little bit more through yeah yeah no representation of all kinds of people yeah Yeah. no I, I think that was one of the best things that um I could find it was nice to see like other women woodworkers doing their thing whether that was DIY or fine furniture or art of some description and I just yeah I really enjoyed being able to be part of that community and it it was I think oh, what's the word yeah it was it was just I don't I mean, my words are lost for a moment but it was just good to to be part of and it was uplifting and nice it made me feel more seen I guess (laughs) Mm -hmm. have you been able to like participate in any of the like camps or conferences no not yet um I kind of like lurked I've been a lurker like checking them out (laughs) oh should I go should I not go do I fit do I not fit you know like overthinking it all but I think I'm going to go to a workbench conference for the first time um this year so I'm excited about that although nervous so if I'm awkward don't judge me too bad (laughs) I don't think anybody will judge you because I think all of us are awkward creatures just gen- generally. Yeah. It's kind of like where all the weirdos go to meet. Yeah. Right. Like-minded, good. Yes, exactly. Um, well, that's exciting. I'm excited for you. Uh, unfortunately, like I won't be able to make it this year because of school, but um, I know. I've gone every year since the first one and and so it will be a little weird um I know I will have FOMO for sure watching everybody's like content you have to from bring it. a cardboard cutout of you yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> the power carving tool and that's just, right go in different rooms and they'll be like hey, thank you that would be fantastic uh, <laughs> yeah but it's definitely I mean that's where even though I've, I've met so many people just via the podcast, like getting to meet them in person always kind of, you know, solidifies like friendships and stuff from just going from like, you know, messaging on Instagram to working with them in person. A real person. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah. I wanted to touch on, because I think it's something that a lot of us do feel like locally where we're at that sense of like people in your day-to-day circle don't share the same like passion for you know this thing that you do um or even I would I would guess that there's probably still times where people like are even surprised when you tell them what you do um like how do you kind of work through that I guess headspace of feeling like this outlier yeah yeah it's sometimes it feels really awkward I think it depends on like the response of the person that you're talking to um I feel like my family has really come come along more to realizing like it's really important to me and that I'm very passionate about continuing to grow myself and that the craft is really part of who I am as a person. So I feel like that recognition has has been growing and that's really nice to have. It's always kind of funny to me when um, people be like, oh, talk to me for a little while and realize, okay, like you might do something else besides be a parent, you know, or whatever. And you answer them back with, oh, I make furniture. And they're like, I just kind of stare at you for a second. If you make it, I'm like, yep like out of stuff, out of wood, it's crazy. (laughs) So I just try to be um, like give information if they want to hear it and just kind of talk through it, I guess, and see where it goes from there. (laughs) Yeah, I get the, I get the same thing. Like I, at least it hasn't happened for a while, thank goodness, but I used to get like, oh, you mean you paint furniture? Mm -hmm. No, I like make it from Uh wood. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I had a, a service a service guy here the other day because um, we we got a new a new wood stove. We have an outdoor wood stove, and so to do some of the work, they have to pass back and forth through through my shop. And the guy was looking at me like I had ten heads, and he was like, "What do you, What do you do down in here?" And he's like, kind of looking around, and I was like, "Oh, I build furniture." And he's like, stared at me for a solid five seconds, and he's like, "Like craft?" And I'm like. I mean, I'm not sure what capacity you mean that in, but yes, I craft furniture <laughs> out of wood. It was a little strange, but I haven't had um, that response too too often. I feel like more than that, like um, other other friends or people ask me like legitimate questions and, and yeah. things like that if they're unsure, and it's less of that like devaluing of my experience. Yeah, I would do. I would agree with that. Like that fact too of like, especially especially service dudes mm -hmm. <laughs> that are there to like work on something like um we had like our shower replaced or whatever you know and they're walking in and out of like my wood shop which is filled to the brim with like wood and tools and everything mm -hmm. like that and they're like so who's the woodworker you know and it's like me <laughs> you know and then I mean for the most part I've still even with them have had good reactions like mm -hmm. it only takes a few minutes and then we start like comparing like power tools and stuff like that yeah it's it's funny because if my husband's there we always get a good laugh out of it because he's got like a big beard and the whole thing and you know you slap a tool belt and a flannel on him he would fit the build but he is not into it at all and so like people will start to talk to him if we go somewhere together and he'll be like I'm just the shop boy. <laughs> I just help. I'm I'm not here for anything but to look pretty. That's what he tells them. I'm just here to look pretty. <laughs> like it just kind of flips it, and it's it's kind of funny yeah. the responses. People will be like, and then they look at me, and then they're like, oh, and I'm like, I build the things with the tools. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you feel like you have any? Like, have you had any friends? show an interest in even just learning enough to make something for their own home uh not really but I feel like my kids friends like when they realize that there's like a wood shop down here it's like they're they're like they'll pass by and they're very quiet and they like kind of check stuff out and they're real quiet and then I'll turn around and there'll be like another child right behind me and they'll be like so do you think you could teach me something sometime? <laughs> so I get a lot of interest from other kids, which is really cool. I, I love that. I'd love to be able to, to do that with their friends and mm -hmm. their parents or something, but not really. I feel like they leave that to me. They'll be like, okay, can you build me this? But not, they're not really interested in doing it themselves very much. Yeah, I think it does. Maybe it's a, it's a certain bill. Like, the class I taught was specifically just for women and we had 11 of them in there and I would say like maybe two of them maybe two of them are married or have like significant others you know mm -hmm. in the picture but most of them are single so, so several of them were you know 60s plus um and I feel like, you know, it was a, it was a matter of just like, I am independent and I can do this without having to go find somebody to do this for me uh -huh. kind of attitude. And, and I feel like the, like, especially if I was to look at the moms, I know, like, you know, mm -hmm. that are friends with my kids, um, their kids are friends with my kids. Um, a lot of times, like, most of them are married to male spouses and it's kind of like well if I wanted something like that done I would just wait for my husband to figure it out and do it um which is still like I'm like we're it's the year 2022 I'm pretty sure we've all like grown up being told we can do whatever we want to do yeah that's such, it's such a weird paradox for that yeah because I feel like we were like our generation was like oh you can go and do whatever you want but it has to fit in this box still you know so it's funny for for that to be the case because 
yeah, career day and things like that, that my kids have at school and um, we get close and I see like the kids fret, well, I don't want to be like a lawyer or a doctor or this or that. And I'm like, you don't have to fit into any of that. No. It's like, there's millions of different ways to approach every career field and things to do. And there's different kinds of schools and programs and things that you can do and be self-taught. And yeah, so I yep. feel like as much as that is, you can be whatever you want if you're an engineer, if you're a lawyer, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Yeah. 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 It definitely feels that way. Um, and I live in a university town. So, so many people are like very high, higher education level. Um, which I don't know if you've re if you've hit that point of sometimes like maybe the paradox is more in their heads of, well, you seem like somebody who should be like educated and <laughs> like you know higher education educated um mm -hmm. um you're telling me you make things like that's yeah. I don't know I think it's still kind of looked down on which I'm like you would spend thousands on this at uh, Ethan Allen but you won't <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I guess I see it from an interesting perspective, too, because my husband is that, you know, he's got multiple degrees and, you know, accounting and business and things with that nature, all in agriculture, but are all his his thing. And so he has all the degrees and I don't have any. And so it's a really funny thing when people meet him, I think, and then me through work, they'll assume that I'm at that level. And I'm like, no, it just really wasn't for me. And they're just kind of like, what do you, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, no. And I'm like, I, I read a lot. I do other things. I have other pursuits yeah. and you can be, you know, just as intelligent and, and use it in different fashions. And so, yeah, it's funny in that way too. I have both yeah. worlds right yeah. there. Exactly. It, it, it definitely is like, you know, especially like my, my, um, undergraduate degree basically basically put me in kind of like engineering roles um, and I got much more just like I don't know if I want to use the word respect but just like much more of like oh okay yeah like you know that fits the whatever that checks the box but now that I'm like getting my master's in art especially you know it's kind of like well like what can you like, what can you do with that? <laughs> yeah, I think that's why I didn't pursue anything like that right out of um, high school, because, you know, it was not something that was emphasized as being practical, I think. Um, although my mom was a metal artist, she worked at this company called Talex, and they had um, do all the metal work and sculptural type things. But I think it was like, this was my fallback, not like my whole pursuit. So and at, during that time, it was undervalued too. Like you're not doing your own art, you're working. It was just like all those complexities there. And so I don't think that it was really encouraged. Like, oh, go to art school. You don't have to be good at drawing to go to art school. Like small, small things like that. Otherwise I might've kind of taken that path and found my way into trades and, and things a little easier than I, <laughs> than I did now. But. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm definitely with you too. Like we tell our kids all the time, like, you don't have to go to college after high school. Uh, you could do a trade school. Like you could go learn to do, I mean, mm -hmm. like, you know, plumbers make like a six figure salary. You can go do these things that uh -huh. are very difficult and highly technical and only take a couple of years to go like, cool to go do right it's true yeah all those options like to go out and be a lineman or to be an electrician or to be a welder any description I mean you have to know so much and you have to be so willing to work hard and I think that needs to be <laughs> valued and, and taught um, I think it would make the progression into finding your space a little easier <laughs> yeah absolutely where do you like where do you put yourself do you put yourself in the find furniture, DIY, like where do you, when you're like describing yourself, like where do you put yourself? I'd like, I'd like to say fine furniture, but I feel like I'm still growing into really earning the fine part of it, but <laughs> um, that's, that's where I want to end up. So I'm, I'm going to say my trajectory is heading that direction. <laughs> 
I would say then that means you are already there because that is like the stereotypical answer of anybody who makes like <laughs> furniture. Uh, everybody feels like they're not quite good enough woodworker, even somebody who's been doing it like for 30 years. I think there's always something like, yeah, you feel like I just don't quite know how to do, you know, whatever it is. Limitless learning. <laughs> yeah. Do you prefer, like, are you going after the path of, like, do you do, like, a lot of hand tool work? Like, are you doing, like, dovetails and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, um, I'd like to get stronger in that skill set, too. I always feel like I default to them. Like, I like machine work, woodworking, and I love machinery and, like, fixing and learning those tools, too. But I, I also feel like for finishing and getting to the end details of things, I just really love hand tools. Um, and I'm actually taking the online mastery program with Northwest Woodworking Studio. And so there's a lot of hand tool focus in that. So it's a great push to continue honing those skills and getting better at that. So yeah, I, I really enjoy hand tools and just the finish and connection and material that comes with that. Awesome. And bless you. I do not have that level of uh, patience. <laughs> Level of patience, and, and maybe I should probably get real and start saying maybe level of interest too. Like I'm just not, um, it just doesn't float my boat to to yeah. fo focus on that. Um, now put a, a power carving tool in my hand, and I will focus all day long on how to get that like dialed in and just right. But yeah. <laughs> um, so you mentioned you're doing the online mastery program. Was that like because there's nowhere nearby to have to do it online? Is that what kind of drove that, that? Definitely part of it. Um, I, I like the structure of the class and I think what Gary offers was really appealing. And I had looked at it for a while now and I kept saying, well, I'm not right at a level that I can, I can keep up. I kept telling myself that that was the case. Like, so being predominantly self-taught for the exception of you know, the, the two times that I've been out of woodworking school. So I thought, well, maybe I need to like continue to grow more before I step into that and um, find somewhere similar around. But there really isn't anywhere that's within a driving distance that I can make work with school schedules. And my husband travels for work. So I, I have, you know, all those constraints to fit into and it just was not going to work to be able to do it. So when Gary started offering the online mastery, I was like, maybe I can, I can make this work and push myself on the technological side of things. Cause that's less my thing. Like I can figure out motors, but like computers, I like, it's like, Oh no, what is this thing doing? But, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I knew it was going to be a push and I started looking at some other things recently because I just want to kind of try and take myself to the next level and um, nothing was really going to fit and I didn't want to really be away from my family and to, to do that just wasn't going to work and it was like right on timing to sign up for um, the online mastery program so I'm like it's now or never I just need to go for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well I mean I'm glad you did like I think in all of this that's always like actually the hardest thing to do is to put faith in yourself that you can actually <laughs> do the thing whatever it is right yeah I, I agree I've, I've definitely um struggled with that so I think that's part of like the self-discovery of woodworking for me too has been that is like being comfortable being uncomfortable like having to push myself through those boundaries or second guessing or being critical or any of that so yeah taking the jump into the online mastery was um a really good one and I'm, I'm proud of myself for it I was definitely nervous but I'm <laughs> Awesome. Um, I'm keeping an eye on time. So mm -hmm. I want to make sure that uh, I give you a chance uh, before we say bye to let everyone know like how they can find you and follow along with you and, and watch your progression as you continue towards your goal of fine furniture maker <laughs> oh thank you for that um just shallow creek woodcraft on instagram is my main platform um i just have a small facebook just to really be a placeholder and uh, i'm working on a website but most of my social anything is on instagram awesome awesome and uh 
I should, we should say, right? People, people need to keep an eye out for you um, at WorkbenchCon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If I'm, give me an awkward wave back hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to give you some advice. Bring stickers. It's all about the uh, stickers. So I can do that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that might help <laughs> yeah see it gives you something to do so yeah. yep exactly <laughs> i'm welcome exactly. to any other advice <laughs> yeah well i'm sure char will be there so you will be at least have one in-person friend you know yeah uh, that, you, that you can shadow and i'm sure she can she can i mean we're both blonde she can just shove you know, sub you in for me. Um, <laughs> well, I'm flattered for that. I'm, I'm serious. I'm going to have to find where I can get a cardboard cutout made and we'll have it shipped down to Shara's house. Like, make sure you bring Katie. She's going everywhere with me. <laughs> well, you know, she has a CNC. She could just cut yeah. it out of like... Uh, well, we could totally do that. Right? Yeah. Don't be surprised when you see it. I'm not even going to tell you. You're just going to be sharking through pictures and you're going to see your own face. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, well, thanks so much, Ashley, for chatting uh, today. I really enjoyed it. Likewise. I'm flattered to be on the podcast and all the great things you do with uplifting our community and making a space for people to feel seen. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yes. All right. So again, that was Ashley of Shallow Creek Woodcraft, and I will include the links on how you can follow along with her and the projects she is working on in the show notes for today's episode. Best place to find those show notes is to look in the description for the episode on your podcast app. Um, big shout out and thanks to Ashley Minnie, who wrote and produced the theme song for the podcast. Please follow along with us over on Instagram at Crafting a Revolution. Uh, all one word, no spaces or underscores at Crafting Revolution. And also come on over and say hi to myself, uh, Katie Freeman at Freeman Furnishings. All right. Um, don't worry. Again, we'll be back in January with brand new episodes. In the meantime, go visit some of your favorite past episodes and have a new listen. Uh, it's amazing how even though you've listened to it before, you can go back and listen again and kind of pick up on things that maybe you didn't quite catch the first time around. So go ahead and do that. And I will see you all again in the new year. In the meantime, keep crafting a revolution. <laughs>